All right. Well, good morning, everybody. Okay, I got 10 of you. Good morning, everybody. I hope that you're excited to be here today. It's great. My name is Sean, one of the pastors here on the team, and uh, we're, we're ready to go. This is good. So thanks to everybody who is here in person, and again, thanks to everybody who is online joining with us today. It's just a good day. Now, here's the question that I have for all of us, and it is this. What do you think is the most important seed to life right now? What is the most important seed to you? A banana seed. Didn't know that was the thing. But anyway, uh, ben, uh, what is the most important seed? Whether it be food, garden, whatever it could be, what do you think is the most important seed to you? So if you got something in your mind, like banana, say it to a neighbor quickly. What do you got? What's your most important seed? Let somebody know. If you're on the chat, type that in. Let somebody know there as well. What is the most important seed that you may like? So on social media this week, I asked this question of a lot of people, and we got this variety of answers. It was great, but one lady in particular just made this one comment, and it was this. It had nothing to do with the seed, but she just said, what a beautiful picture. Because all of the people's reactions to what the seed was that was most important was beautiful to her. And she just thought, what an amazing perspective that people have when it comes to seeds. So some of the seeds that were on there, uh, one of my favorites was the sunflower seed. Anybody else like sunflower seeds? The sunflower seed was good, especially when they're salted in different flavors. Oh my goodness, that's so good. People put pumpkin seed on there as well. Other people put garden seed. Another person put this, um, this picture of something old called the chia pet. Does everybody remember the chia pet, right? And you just apply water and apparently these seeds grow, this thing. I think like I need a chia pet for like a a head thing. If it works that much, apply some water, there you go. But seeds, like people had a lot of different perspective to the seeds that were taking place. See, last week we um, introduced our brand new series for the fall, SOS. Somebody say SOS. SOS. Everybody is familiar with SOS. We know what SOS means. We know what it's about. And in particular, if you were not here last week and you're unable to head it, I'm kind of bringing this message to us as a church family because SOS is going to be this next season for us as a church. In fact, SOS means this. It indicates a crisis or a need for action. It means that assistance is required. And so how many of you know that there are people in our world today that you know, they're in crisis. There's need everywhere. People are requiring assistance. And so, again, we're issuing the SOS here to kind of help us as a church family to move forward. I used an illustration last week from the Titanic, and especially this one gentleman whose name was Harold Cottom. Harold Cottom was not on the Titanic. He was a part of the RMS Carpathia, another boat who responded to the SOS that the Titanic sent out. And as he responded by listening to the distress signal that was given, 710 people's lives were saved because he was paying attention and responding to the SOS that was there. So this last week, uh, one of our very own uh, in, our, in our own church was talking to me about the SOS because uh, he is a retired trained naval officer in our own church. Mr. Dave Terry, who's sitting here with us today, right in the middle. Hi, Dave. Thanks for these thoughts. But Dave sent me some really important words, and I wanted to read them to us because it really helped me with the essence of what the SOS is all about. It says this, that the SOS call for help is something that is always in the back of your mind as you go about your duties on the bridge of any vessel. 
There is a designated radio frequency or channel that is broadcast and monitored on the bridge and also monitored by pleasure crafts that you are available to any distress call that may be sounded. An SOS may be heard from someone who is near you or hundreds of miles away. But once you hear the call of the SOS, listen to this, it is then your responsibility to determine if you are in a position to provide assistance. That when an SOS is signaled and called, it is the responsibility of the hearer to make action towards. I love that thought. And this is what he goes on to say. That once you accept that responsibility, it says then that you are committed to proceed at best speed, taking into consideration the safety of your own vessel or crew. You see, when an SOS is signaled, it is not only the responsibility, it is now the commitment of the hearer. I asked a question just moments ago. Has anybody heard the SOS that has been signaled in our world in this last two years? See, we have an opportunity and a responsibility in front of us as a church to respond to the SOSs that are all around us. And we took notice last week because Jesus issued an SOS to all of us. He issued the SOS of that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. In fact, there's a world that's ready, and Jesus is trying to say, listen, church, I need you to step up. I need you to go in. I need you to serve, because in our culture, we know this, that our lives have been disrupted, have they not? The soil has been tilled. There's been a disorientation that has confused many of us, but that disorientation leads always to a reorientation where God wants to do something. And so I placed an acronym in front of our church last week, and I used an illustration of seeds. And it was the best because when I actually played this back this week and I, and I went to the part where I was pouring seed all over the floor, you should have heard the gasps from the audience last week. People were stunned that he would actually make this place dirty. Uh, but listen, it's clean. We're good to go. And and maybe I may do it again. You don't know. But anyway, hold your gasps. Like, but th this idea that Jesus was saying, okay, this is the deal. Because our SOS that we're all familiar with, I put an acronym to it, and it is this, Seeds on Soil. Somebody say it with me, Seeds on Soil. In this next season, what I'm asking for us as a church family in the disruption of culture is that we are to take seed and we are to apply it to soil. And so we're going to talk a little bit about these seeds, these friends of mine, and, and they may be in your space in just a few moments, so just be careful. Uh, you never know where you sit. You're in the seed spraying zone right here, right? This is good. But today, I'm going to take us back to the parable where we are really um, coming out of this SOS piece, and it comes out of Matthew chapter 13. Just a few verses I want to share with you today, and it is this. It says, later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd, though, soon gathered around him, and so he gets into a boat. And there he sat and he taught as the people stood on the shore. How cool is that for a stage? Jesus just hops into a boat and talks to him on the shore. I love that. And it says that he told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. So he says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds, and as he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on the footpath, and the birds came and ate them. How many of you hate those birds when they, uh, when they eat your seeds? I mean, this is good. Jesus knew what he was talking about way back there, and we experience it yet even here today. But listen, it says that other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. 
Other seeds fell among the thorns and, and grew up and choked out the tender plants. And still other seed fell on the fertile soil. And they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and, and even 100 times as much as he had been planted. And then Jesus says, anyone who has ears to hear should listen and understand. Do you understand that parable already? Probably not. But anyway, let's pray about it. Jesus, thanks for your word. I pray that you help us today to discover what are you trying to say when it comes to this subject of seeds. So, Holy Spirit, I just pray for everybody who's listening today that you will help us individually to learn what to do with what you're about to say. So thank you for these moments. Now teach us, we pray. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Today, I'd like to speak to us from the subject, gone seeding. You know, some of us, we've got those pictures as like gone fishing, or some of us gone shopping, but we're gone seeding today, okay? So this is the idea and the entry point for what we're going to do. Now, seeds are a very intriguing and a very resourceful force in our world. They come in many different shapes, sizes, variety, and, and as we've done this before, you've spoken about some of those seeds today. So let me tell you some fun facts about seeds that are around us. Do you know what the largest seed in the world is today? Okay, some suggestions, maybe not. Some are like, I've never thought about that. Why are we talking about it? Good question, but here it is. The largest seed in the world is the coconut seed, double coconut seed, which can grow up to 1.6 feet. Do you know that seeds provide the world's daily food? That without seed, we don't eat? Like, this is the importance of seeds. Um, some orchid seed pods hold 3 million seeds within them. A castor oil plant seed can kill an adult with a certain dosage. What's the smallest seed in the world? Uh, it's orchid, uh, actually. I know some of you said mustard. Great answer. But, and I have a mustard seed, actually, in this vial here. This was given to me years ago as a reminder. It sits on my mantle because there's something really powerful. And all Christian people should say mustard seed because that's how we've been trained to talk about it. But the reality is, is that the mustard seed is not, but the orchid seed is. What's the most expensive seed that you would find in the world today? This is, this is going to be crazy. You're going to love it. It's the pumpkin seed. Did you know that the pumpkin seed, one pumpkin seed in the United States of America, actually it was in Europe, but with USD as its currency, sold for $1,600, one seed? Because it was from a family where those pumpkins, have you seen those pumpkins that just are massive? And so someone bought a pumpkin seed for that. Pumpkins, are, like all of these seeds are, are amazing. In fact, if, if you were to take these seeds that we're holding and, and, I, and I play with them, but you would notice a couple key dynamics with the seeds that are here. Every single seed, and if I were to take out a singular one, every single seed has a protective coat to it. It protects that which is within the seed. Interesting. Inside, what that protection does is it provides nutrients now to the seed or to the embryo so that it would have a function and an ability to be able to grow. And then, of course, in every single seed is the embryo. It is the life. So it's no, 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 uh, like, Jesus knew what he was talking about when he used the language of seed. Because especially in that culture, if they didn't have seed, if they didn't till the soil, if they didn't plant the seed, they didn't eat. This was their sustenance. So as Jesus talks about seeds, everybody's ears are wide open. They want to understand. And so Jesus comes in and he tells them this, this crazy little parable about these seeds because they understood it. Now think about that for a second in the context of what is going on in today's world. And Jesus saying, listen, I want you to throw some seeds. But Jesus uses this imagery that they knew all about. 
And I think today Jesus uses that same imagery with us as we are supposed to now go and throw seed at humanity. Now that's a little weird, right? Like, are you telling me I need to take a handful of seeds right now? Ready, ready seed zone? And throw them at, like, that's not what Jesus is saying. I'm not going to do that to you. I'm nicer than that, kind of. But Jesus says, I want you to now throw seed at humanity. But I want to make one differentiator with that. The seed that God asks us to throw is not literal. That could hurt, especially if you've got the double coconut seed, right? But he says that the seed that I'm asking you to throw is the word of God. Jesus wants us to throw the word of God to humanity. And so we're going to talk about this today. And the reality with that is some of us, that kind of arrests us right on the spot. Like, there is no way, Sean, that I am now going to go share the word of God with somebody. I'm still figuring this thing out myself. I don't know what to do. I'm not a preacher like you. I don't, need, I don't know what to do on a stage. I do not want to preach the word of God, which is, I understand your position. But I'm here to communicate to us today that there are two ways in which the word of God has to be presented to humanity. Number one, it's verbal. Number two is your lifestyle matters. And so we're going to look at this approach today of both spoken word and lived out word as we move forward. Because the Bible actually tells us that faith without works is dead. So like you can't just have a faith and be like, I'm going to keep it to myself and put it in my pockets and not. Sh-. No, faith without works is dead, which means we have to speak, we have to live, and God is going to provide those moments for us. Now, the parable that we have spoken about today, the parable of the farmer, where we're at with that is that there are seeds that are thrown, and that is the word of God. Then there are the, it is the received by man, which is the soil Now, today we're not going to talk about soil. That's next week. If you want to read ahead this week, go ahead. You'll get an understanding of why Jesus talks about the seeds with the soil. But the thing that we ultimately realize that when seed is applied to soil, there's this thing called results. And we see in the story that the results were interesting. Some withered, some wilted away, some flourished. So what kind of seed are we going to throw together? So I've got five things that I want to share with you about these seeds that we're talking about today. And keep in mind again, the seed is the word of God. Somebody say SOS. All right, let's do it. Number one, Jesus is the most critical seed. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scripture does not say, and to seeds, plural, meaning many people, It says, but to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. Again, to the Jewish audience, when you use the word Father Abraham, the ears perked up. How dare you talk about Father Abraham in a certain way? The Jewish people had reverence for Abraham. And yet this apostle comes alongside and says, listen, we're not speaking poorly about Abraham, but we're talking about one seed that is greater, and his name is Jesus. So I don't know about you, but back in in the day, growing up in Sunday school, we had this song called Father Abraham. Had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham. I'm one of them, so are you. So let's just praise the Lord, right arm, left arm. And it was just nuts. It was a cardio workout, you lost calories. It was great, right? And so when they're using the language of Father Abraham, but now there's an elevation to say this, that there is one seed who is above every other seed in the world. And folks, his name is Jesus Christ. 
You and I are important. We are children of Father Abraham. We come from that lineage and that heritage, but there was one seed. His name was Jesus, and he is the best seed of them all that we're going to talk about today. Number two is this, is that seeds will die before they will flourish. Now, you walk into a forest, and we've got plenty of forests all around us, but you walk into a forest today, and you look up at those majestic trees, but you'll notice this one thing about those trees. They're all dying. But if you were to take your gaze and focus onto the floor of the forest, you will notice that there are hundreds and hundreds of seeds or trees just waiting. And they're not dying, folks. They're about to flourish. And there's a perspective shift there that we have to be aware of. You see, when a seed dies, it ceases to be the seed in order for a plant to produce. It dies to itself. And it says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 36, that when you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. And what you put into the ground is not the plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you are planting. Then God, somebody say, then God. Then God gives it the new body he wants it to have. Does this sound familiar to any of us here today? What did I just say just moments ago? Who is the most important seed? And what did that seed do? He died. Interesting connection. That the one seed that was above it all decided to die that you and I would be able to flourish in this life. Jesus died to himself. He died to let you and I have freedom in this life. It is in the death of Jesus Christ that we have the ability today to worship a Savior who is not dead, but is alive. And his name is Jesus and he asks the same of you and I. What? You're telling me he wants me to die? Yes, I am. But not maybe the way you think I'm talking about. See, in Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 and 25, it reads this. If any of you, if any of us, if any of us wants to be Jesus' follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross and follow him. If you try to hang on to your life, guess what? You're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will, you'll save it. And Jesus is inviting us into the same song and dance. I want you to die to yourself so that a flourishing will begin to take place in your life. Jesus was the model. He was the example. And today he wants the same for us. So let me ask you this question today. Today, Sunday, what's the date today? September 26th. What does Jesus want you to die on today? What is in your life that he's saying, put it to death so that I can make a flourishing happen? What is it this week that he wants you to work on? Maybe this month, maybe this year. What are the things that Jesus is saying, die to yourself so that a flourishing can begin to take place? Number three is that seeds can grow anywhere. In fact, when you look at our story, 75% of the seed actually begins to grow and in some really crazy places. In fact, the other quarter that you don't see tons of growth, it simply just meant that, that there, was an, there was a bird that came along. Birds, right? And the, but there, the bird is representative of the enemy. There's an enemy who's going to come and he's going to try to, when a word is spoken. So it goes like this. I'm throwing some seed at you today about the word of God. And guess what's going to happen? The moment we finish today, say amen. An enemy is going to try to come along your life and he's going to try to snatch that seed. 
and he's going to try to take it away on you. So it's not that you're not listening because your attention is maybe caught and you're like, oh, is that me? But this is what it is. But we know this about these seeds. These seeds are resilient little characters. They have an ability to grow in places that we thought we couldn't do. And so instead of us thinking, oh, I'm not going to throw there because that person is dot, 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 throw the seed because you don't know what those seeds can and will do. And we're going to explain that just in a quick moment because number four is this. Seeds know how to wait and they are very stubborn. Do you know anybody like that? Don't point right now. That would not be a good thing. Do you know that every acorn that is on the ground is just as much as alive as the 300-year-old oak tree that stands in front of it? That acorn is powerful, just like the tree is powerful. In 1951, three ancient lotus seeds were discovered in a Manchurian lake bed in China. Although the seed's thick coating can keep these seeds viable for more than 100 years, no one thought that these two to 3,000-year-old seeds would be able to germinate when they were found until botanist Paul Souter decided to prove that it could be done. And he took those lotus seeds. And can you believe this, that after 3,000 years of dormancy, he actually allowed those seeds to come to life and they flourished into beautiful plants. Can you imagine 3,000 years of dormancy for a seed and it flourishes into something beautiful? This is the whole point being summed up right in that illustration for you and I. Folks, sometimes it's going to take seeds some time to flourish, period. It's just what is going to take place. I want to remind us that God sees the story. He sees every time when seeds are thrown somewhere, and it is up to him to grow that seed. It is not up to you or I to grow the seed. It is up to us to throw the seed. Sometimes we see that it is important for us to water, to come alongside of the seed or those people, and to help them along. But it is God's story alone to grow the seed into whatever he wants it to be. So here's the good news. Take the pressure off yourself. God doesn't want you to grow somebody. He's not asking you to do something that's not in your wheelhouse. He's just simply saying, go throw some seed. And that's a game changer if we actually step into that reality. Because in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 11, God speaks his word over our lives. And he says this, it is the same way with my word. I'm going to send my word out, the seed. I'm going to send that seed out. And guess what? It always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. This is God's word, which is the seed that he is asking us to throw. SOS, throw the seed, and God will take care of the rest. That is good for you and I today. And I got to tell you, like that excites me, actually motivates me because there's something powerful about these seeds. In fact, the seeds that are on that stage right there, they carry the food that helps a new plant grow. Do you know that when we throw seed, there's nutrient, there's food. When we throw the word of God at people, people are going to grow because of what the word of God is. It is a growth-producing machine that God is enjoying a lot, especially when his people chuck it somewhere. Amen? Are you convinced yet? Number five, seeds sown generously will reap generously. Here's the deal. The principle comes out of 2 Corinthians 9. It's about giving, monetary means. But don't lose the point of the principle. If you want to um, sow 
you're going to have to sow large. You're going to have to throw a lot of seed because it's there where God begins to do something with the seed. But if you only sprinkle a few seeds here and there or give a little bit of your money here and there, you're going to get back results that are not as generous as what they can be. And this is exactly what God is wanting us to see today when it comes to seeds. And the farmer analogy that he uses in 2 Corinthians 9 is the same as Matthew chapter 13. He's asking farmers everywhere to go throw seed. But don't throw a little seed. Throw a lot of seed and watch what he will do. But notice these facts. God wants you to throw the seed. Look at your neighbor. He kind of wants your neighbor to do it, but don't put it on them. He wants you to throw the seed. And not only that, he wants you to remember that it is him and him alone who will make that seed grow. That is not up to you. It is not up to me. Quantity and quality matter, I think, in this moment. Again, the more seed you throw, the better results you're going to find. Your quality of the seed throwing is very important. I don't know if you've ever met people who have tried to change someone else in the sake of Jesus and the name of the word, and it's been disastrous. Like, I've met some people in my own journey where it's like, you rub me the wrong way with your presentation and what you're doing. Have you watched social media in the last little while? People trying to get their ways with all of that is dangerous. So your how is what I'm saying matters when you go and throw seed. Like, are you doing it like, <laughs> you know, like just chuck it right in their face, grow up. Or are you like, let's walk with somebody slowly. The how does matter in this particular instance. And I want to say this to us too. I think today that God is literally right now, like in this moment, he's throwing seed at you. This message is seeped in different pieces of scripture. And if the word of God is all about the seed, there's a lot of seed being thrown at all of us today. The question is, and Jesus asks, do you see and do you hear what is being thrown our ways? And our story tells us that some of us are not going to see. Some of us are not going to hear. And it's going to be snatched away. But some of us are going to catch on to the parable of the seeds and do something with it. So the question that we all have today is how can we throw seed? Like what can we do today to distribute the word of God that has disrupted our culture all around us? And I want to propose to all of us today that this is much easier than, than you think. We can speak and we can live out the word of God together. All summer long, we've taught this series here in this place called One Another's. I don't know if you could remember each of the weeks that we spoke on the One Another's and the many different things that were around it. But let me give you a few of them. This is what we spoke about. We talked about how we are to love one another. We talked about how we are to be at peace with one another. We talked about how we are to have patience with one another. Have you ever had to apply that recently, like patience with somebody? Uh, we've talked about how you need to forgive one another. We talked about how you need to forbear one another. We talked about hospitality to one another. This is what I want to show us today, is that all of those one another's were a preemptive strike to get to this moment in this, in this respect, that every single time you act in you live out one of those one another's, guess what you're doing? You're throwing seed. Every time. 
Every time you walk to that relationship in love, every time you walk to that relationship in peace and forbearance, you are demonstrating the word of God in a very practical way. Some of us have had an opportunity to verbally kind of say those things to you. See, I'm trying not to make a big mess anymore today because I didn't want to clean it. But uh, here's the reality is that even when you practice and you live out the one another's, you demonstrate something to a world and it is the word of God. It is seed to the soil that he is waiting for all of us to apply and to come back to because this is what Jesus wants from us. In fact, I would probably say to us today that I think the number one throwing platform of seeds in our lives is our homes. So whether you own something or you rent something, it doesn't matter. But that right there is a seed-throwing opportunity. It is a moment that you have that has been distributed to you, and you have a way in which that you could throw the seeds that are around you. I've watched even how this church has financially thrown seed over these last couple of years. We've been able to lead into the world. We've raised money in a global context, but then we've also given money right here in our own backyard to help people. This last month, we distributed $1,500 worth of backpack materials for people who couldn't afford it. And guess what that was, church? It was throwing seed. We're just throwing seed by living out the Word of God, and then there is the spoken Word of God that we can get to. This is not as hard as it seems. It comes down through our lifestyles and the things that we can do. Now, in this next season, I'm asking you to do a couple things. I'm asking you to consider where I could throw seed. Where are the seeds around me or the seed soils around me that I could throw these seeds to? Let me start this with this, family. Your family is a big deal. I mean, parents, how you respond to one another or to your children. Children to your parents, seed throw. I mean, this is a big deal. Disrespect, love, all, like all of those things matter at this time. Neighbors is another great way in which you could throw seed. One, I got a neighbor right now, new through COVID. His name is Rambeer. Rambeer is awesome, dude. I love this guy. Rambeer, every second Tuesday, will come to my house very early before my family is stirred and moving themselves. And he will come and take my recycling. He'll go place it out on the road for me every second week. I love it. I don't know if Rambeer is a faith or not, but what he is doing is he is demonstrating to me some seed-throwing moments. And guess what that makes me do? I want to reciprocate now to Rambeer, and so I do my best. I do whatever I can to serve my new neighbor, Rambeer. And I do that. And I, as well, I want to pay a little bit more for it. And I start doing this for my own neighbors, all because Rambeer decided to do something. I love what seeds can do when they begin to flourish and they begin to take off around us. You could do this in your workplaces. You've been placed in certain work situations that only you could get to. For any students who are here, education, that's your system. You could throw seeds to that kid who's down and out who's lonely you could throw seed there are seeds everywhere one of the greatest events that i am looking forward to right now is halloween come on somebody who's ready for halloween do not send me your hate email because i just said that though because i won't read it let me explain why a couple years ago when my wife and i moved into victoria god placed us on firehall creek crescent and little did i know what would take place on halloween night (laughs) my street shuts itself down In fact, people spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in decorations, more so than Christmas. Our fire hall gets engaged, and I I think at my peak point, I was giving uh, candy to a thousand children in a night. This is my neighborhood. You know, I could look at Halloween and be like, that's the devil's day. Correction, church, every day is God's. October 31st was his day, right from the start. 
Don't get lost in the fact. And what God has spoken to me is like, Sean, you could go turn your lights off and ignore your neighborhood. Or you could turn your lights on and actually spread some seed in a moment for people. And so guess what we do? We get the candy ready. We serve the kids. We also set up a drink station so that we could serve the parents. And you would be surprised at the conversations we've had over some hot chocolate water. I've had people come and check out the church simply because we're distributing some water or some hot chocolate or some candy. Seeds. This is not that hard to do. What God is saying is this. SOS. I need some people to throw some seed onto the soil that he has prepared today. Will you Help me and be that church, be that people who spread the seed because God wants. SOS indicates that there is a crisis or there is a need for action. Assistance is required. So will you come and assist the SOS that Jesus has spoken? Will you be good farmers? Let's go throw some seed because God's ready. Harvest is plentiful. Workers are few. So pray for the Lord of the harvest to send the workers. I'm praying for you. And I'm asking you to dare to pray a prayer this today with me. I'm daring you, church. I'm challenging you. God, where do you want me to throw seed and watch what he does with you? Jesus uses the mustard seed, which many of you have used. Very small. But he says, if you have the faith of a mustard seed... You can say to that mountain, be moved. Let's put the mustard seed into action as a faith community, eh? Let's believe that God is about to do something. He's shaking this up because disorientation always leads to reorientation. And he is all about people. He's for everyone. So let's throw some seed. Will you stand with me? Let me pray with you today. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for what you're speaking to us. May we be people who not just hear the word, but we understand it and do it. May we not be people who just look, but we see it and we apply it. Help us, Jesus, to be a seed-throwing community. The soil is ready, and so I ask that you would prepare us. So even now, Holy Spirit, as I pray, instill in each of our minds, from young to old, what is it today, what is it this week where I could throw seed? And I pray that you would encourage us today. This is not that hard to step in. So whether through spoken or lifestyle, let us throw the word of God to a people who need it. So we love you, Jesus, and we look forward to these moments in front of us. We pray it in your name, and everybody said, amen. Listen, if you are here today, maybe you've never experienced Jesus before, you've never said yes to the seed of all seeds, who died that your life would flourish. Maybe today you would love to learn more about that flourishing life, and if you would like to pursue that relationship with Jesus, we're encouraging you to text the word LIFE to 250-478-7113. Gives us an opportunity. We'd love to share that journey with you. But church, I hope you have a fantastic week. Go and uh, listen, as the subject title was, we're gone seeding, right? We're gone seeding. So have fun seeding this week. Love you, and we'll see you next week.